1: Welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hey guys, welcome back to Kindled. Today I am chatting with Jenny Randall. Jenny is a speaker, author, and Emmy-winning editor. Jenny empowers others in the art of living a transformational life. She has served in ministry and worked in the entertainment, publishing, and creative industries for over 15 years. Her unique personal story and creative ninja-like ways have provided her with a platform to inspire, encourage, and equip others in understanding their God-given identity and purpose so they can live a powerfully courageous life that glorifies Christ. So I actually found Jenny or she found me on Instagram. I don't remember which way it went, but what really stood out to me was the fact that Jenny doesn't just preach a message of creativity, but that it is connected to her belief that we each have a God given identity and influence. And that that is what enables us to influence the world and this culture for the kingdom of God. And so it it isn't just a message of creativity, Disconnected from our ultimate purpose, but it's completely rooted in our purpose. And that's empowering, especially because when you're talking about creativity, it often is really saddled with a lot of your own personal baggage over your failures or what you think you're good at or not good at, or your belief whether you even think you are creative or not. And so I think when we root that to our purpose um, and what we were actually created to do, it becomes a lot more powerful and meaningful. And the conversation has Um, weight rather than just like the burden of what I should be doing or could be doing with my skills. So that is the deep reason behind why I think you want to listen to this conversation and why I know that it will be transformational for you in the way you think about yourself. Um, The other reason you may want to listen is to hear me completely embarrass myself by rapping in this episode. What the heck? I do not rap. This is not my skills. I just can't even believe she got me to do it. But you know what? She asked me if I was going to do it ahead of time if I was open to it. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to do it. But you're in charge. It's your content. I'm going to play along with whatever you do. I'm not going to tell you absolutely no. That's silly. So you benefit from that today by getting to hear me embarrass myself. So please just don't mention it to me on Instagram about how stupid it is. And I don't even know what I was saying, you guys. I was just trying to come up with something to say. And it's really lame, like super lame. So sorry for that, but it might give you a chuckle. So enjoy this conversation with Jenny. Awesome. Well, Jenny, thanks for joining me on this day during nap time. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on Kindled and talk to us. Can you share with everyone who you are and what you do?
0: Yes. I am mom. I run a marketing company alongside my husband, and we also run a ministry called Freedom Creatives. And under that ministry, we speak about helping the creativity inside of us come out and walk in freedom and walk in our calling. Um, So I do speaking and writing, and I have a book coming out called Courageous Creative. So that's a little nutshell about me. That's really cool. What Can you tell me more about what the ministry is and and what you guys do in that? Yeah. So, um, well, let's keep it real. My husband does the numbers and finances and all those organizational things that um, my brain hates. And I do... The creative fun stuff. <laughs> so I'll do strategy. And so I'll speak at events and church conferences or leadership conferences and just really trying. The whole goal is to empower the believer to create for Christ and really to let His light shine through the work they do to influence culture. That's really awesome. So
1: like what led you to this career, this path as a speaker and a creative, and someone that's really speaking to people, encouraging people, and bringing light to this area that can be one that I don't know that people. It's easy to say I'm not creative, you know, that's not my gift, and I'm sure you hear that all the time. Yeah. What brought you to this
0: place? Yeah. Well, for the people that say they're not creative, I'm just going to punch them in the face because you are. I think it's having a broader understanding of what creativity is. So I like to say that creativity is the act of making stuff. So we all make stuff. We make decisions, we communicate, we make frozen pizzas, and some people make art and tell stories. And so it's really a broader spectrum of creating. Um, So I think we're all creative. But I felt called to go into ministry for 10 years, and I was so terrified that I ignored it. Mm -hmm. And once I actually started saying, okay, God, I'll do it and walking out in it, he kind of showed me, all right, this is the audience that makes sense for you. Obviously creatives because of my background. I worked in the entertainment industry for a while and obviously I love being creative. So because seeing how he melded together, those two worlds was so beautiful and rewarding that it's like, I just love doing it and it makes me come alive. So it's really fun.
1: That is really cool. Did you always know you wanted to write because you mentioned you're coming out with your first book or did this like evolve as a natural progression?
0: Yeah. So at first it was funny. I felt called to speaking, which I ignored. And then after I started stepping into that, God was like, okay, it's time to write a book. And, you know, as a kid, oftentimes I'd be like, I want write to a, write a book when I grow up or I, won't, I would always think about that, but you don't actually think because I feel like a lot of people say that. So anyways, the first speech I ever gave was on creativity and God said okay you're gonna the format of your talk is going to be the different chapters of your book so he kind of guided me in what that looks like and formed into courageous creative and it's been a really uh rewarding and amazing experience to actually walk out the calling and it's been far more reaching than I could have ever imagined so it's been really special yeah that's so neat so
1: with courageous creative Which is coming out in a couple months, right? October 2nd, but you can pre-order now. Shameless plug. Awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. You just explained that you gave this speech and it kind of became the framework for your book. What did that look like practically? I mean, you're a mom. You have two relatively young kids, early school years. Like, how did you even begin to approach that? Because I know that writing a book is a huge, huge undertaking. I mean, how did you even go there?
0: I I cried a lot. (laughs) I did. And okay, so... From the practical standpoint, I did the whole, have you ever seen pictures of authors who have post-it notes? So I did the whole post-it note organize your book thing. So I had post-it notes, a board covered with all these post-its of how the book would actually physically lay out. So I spent time and like rearranged it and to the point of where I was just really procrastinating. So then I actually started writing and I would write. I told two friends that I knew would hold me accountable because I'm, I can be the creative procrastinator. That's like, mm-hmm. ooh, my influence. I get inspired at two in the morning. So I told two friends that I know would hold me accountable. And I said, I'm going to write five days a week at night once the kids are sleeping. Will you hold me to it? And there were mm-hmm. days where they'd be like, are you writing? And I'd be like, dang it, I'm not, but I will now. So I kind of set myself up for success that way. And then I am the slowest writer. Some nights I would only write like 500 words and it was painful and I would just be crying through the process. And the Lord actually convicted me and He's like, you know what, you're really sucking the joy out of what could be a beautiful process. So I had to kind of get my mind right that this is is a joy to write this book and it's an Mm -hmm. honor to write this book and it's a privilege to write it. So once I got out of my own head, it it kind of started to coming into um, into play. But the other, this is a trick for anybody that is into writing because I enjoy speaking. So if you're a speaker writer, they say that often you enjoy one over the other. So I enjoy speaking more than writing. And I realized the last day I was writing my book that I could have been like speaking it out into a Google document and it would have typed it for me. So I did that day, my last day, and I'm like, this is awesome. So my next book, I'm going to just talk the whole thing through and then actually fix it, but that's a tip I learned.
1: Yeah. I heard that. And I tried that for writing blogs, but I found like it can't keep up with me because I think I talk too fast for it. And my brain, if I try and slow down when I'm speaking, then my brain is like lagging. And so I couldn't, I was like, this is way too hard. Like it's like my brain is too fast for my fingers, but too slow for slowing down with Google docs. But, um, I (laughs) love the concept if I could make it like, actually work, I think it would change my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I saw one author. Um, he's a preacher too. He will just walk around the room speaking and he'll have an assistant just typing as fast as she could. So when we, if we could get to that point, that would just be great.
1: Like an assistant with shorthand, like in the fifties, you know, writing. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to do in courtrooms too. I mean, Yeah. Do they still do that? I don't know. Does somebody Um, type on a laptop? Maybe a robot does. I'm not sure. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah. Have been a while since I've been in a courtroom. Actually never. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, something you said really kind of stands out to me. You said, um, you know, you were convicted that you were sucking the joy out of the process. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that as a creative and someone that is also, you know, owns a business and is a bit of, an achiever in the way that I operate. And I think that is such a pitfall for us, like that we take this thing, this gift that we've been given, whatever that gift is, and we can so easily just turn it into something that we find is really miserable. And I don't know why that starts happening, probably for different reasons with all of us, but what helped you get out of that place of not enjoying the actual creative process not really like reveling in the gift
0: that was given to you by the giver like what did yeah. that look like for you that's a good that's a good question um so i i would say i'm a high achiever as well like on the the i don't know if you have ever taken the disc assessment but i'm a high d and an i which is like the person that gets stuff done mm-hmm. which my biggest struggle is feeling like i have to perform like overperforming and like taking time away from my kids cuz i have to work and like so i been really trying to set healthy boundaries in that. But I think that goes hand in hand with where do you find your value and your purpose? Mm -hmm. So it can get out of whack and unhealthy if your purpose comes from your writing or making your podcast or doing your art. If you're solely focused on the things you create, giving you worth and value, then that's going to suck the joy right out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you can shift your mindset, I had to come to a point where I was like, okay, the purpose, and this took so much pressure off me, but when I realized the purpose of my life is to glorify God, that like blew my mind. That's like the sole purpose. Within that, I can have different dreams during different seasons and goals during different seasons, but having that be my sole purpose just to glorify God allowed me to bring the joy back in the whole creative process and totally was a game changer for me. Yeah, I totally see that
1: and sense the same thing that happens in my heart and mind when I do get really focused on the product and the outcome and is it successful or does it work or is it what if it doesn't work? What if no one likes it? You know, yeah, whatever that thing is is, it actually can totally handcuff you. Even though you're capable and creative and you have ideas and you have drive and vision, it honestly can put you in this spot where you're like I can't move mm-hmm. because if I fail my identity is at risk if you if you yes. are putting your hope and your identity in the work of your hands or the work of your laptop or whatever that's not a fun place to be and it's also like you right. said like we're not we're not actually glorifying God in the way we we're created to I mean especially yeah. if we've we have that clear path to run on and we're just like stuck because we're really moving out of the wrong motivation.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And fear of failure is usually what paralyzes most creatives from even moving forward. And that, like you were saying, is totally identity stuff because... If you're getting your worth from your success or even your failure, because if you fail and that is just such a low blow, then you're not standing on a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. So it's really getting your identity from Christ and who he says you are. And then building upon that is really valuable and important. Yeah. And then you're free to mess up or quote unquote
1: fail, which really failing is just finding one more way it didn't work. Exactly, But it's like, you're okay either way. And if you can glorify God in failure, which we know you can, then you shouldn't be so afraid of it. But we think that somehow the only way we can be good in God's eyes, or at least for me as an achiever, is if I win whatever battle I think I'm fighting.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know what we should do? We should celebrate our greatest failures right now. Did you have any big creative failures that are like, ah,
1: oh. Sure, I do. The first thing that comes to mind is I have a a business that I sold that was started out on Etsy, and early on in those days, back in like probably 2012, I started a second Etsy shop that nobody ever knew about. (laughs) So this one (laughs) Etsy business that I started, and it's not really just Etsy anymore; it's uh, a wholesale bridal accessories business that is not mine anymore. But the other one, the the shop that nobody ever heard about, was a graphic Design attempt to create like nursery images for people with their baby's name and the date of birth on them. Yeah. So, like, and I was printing little kind of cute designs on old book pages. And then like framing them. That was the goal. That was like my vision. And it was cute, but it was like a dime a dozen. Like there was so Mm. much in that world already. And so many people who are established and I didn't really give it the full go of like doing social media and marketing it. I just kind of put it out there sort of hoping someone will buy these, you know, and of course that doesn't work anymore. Like in this day and age, you can't just like put it out there and it you become a huge success. So
0: that's the first one that came to mind. Yeah. The shop that nobody ever knew about. Well, that stinks. Cause you probably invested a long time, even just laying the foundation down for that shop and then to have it. Oh, you know? I don't think I did honestly. And oh, that's really? probably okay, why it good. didn't <laughs> like, at,
1: I mean, at that point I kind of had enough like knowledge of Etsy to just open another shop and then oh, throw I a few see. designs up there. Like I probably just put up you know, two or three and then sort of grew from there. I think I yeah. sold one or two as like a digital download and that was it. So yeah. it, it eventually I just realized, okay, this is like not where my passions are. I'm not going to become this designer of print. First of all, I also hate print design. I really like digital design, but I don't like designing for print. And so yeah, that was I'm like, the same oh, way. first same way. <laughs> clue. Don't <laughs>
0: become a print designer if you hate yeah. print design. So there's just so much room for error with print yeah. design. I'm just like, Oh gosh.
1: Yes. Oh, the totally. worst. or like Getting an order and someone's like, mm, "Yeah, this is totally off-centered." I'm like, yeah, mm, this is like, why I hate uh, this because I yeah, can't fix I'm it for way. you. Like, yeah, if you send me yep. the image, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Let me get that perfect right away, and it fixes yeah. my achiever desire to like have everything be good.
0: So, would you? Do you think you're a perfectionist when it comes to creativity? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe
1: like, is that a thing? Perfectionist only when it comes to creativity because I'm not a perfectionist well, no, I in mean, some ways, but in others, maybe.
0: So I think a lot with our creative nature. Well, there's in my book I talk about different creativity killers, but a lot of things can kill our creativity, and a lot of times performance mentality mm-hmm. is coupled with perfectionism. Okay, then yes, that's when you say performance.
1: I'm like yes. I self-identify a lot with the need and kind of compulsion to perform, which means I have to do it right. I don't. I don't think of myself as a perfectionist really but I think because of the way that I make it like it's all or nothing you either do this well or you don't do it at all that's yeah. pretty perfectionistic I mean
0: yeah you know it's- so that stall that stalls me that thought process stalls me from even starting right there yeah I'm like yeah. oh gosh yeah it's painful mm-hmm. but what it's if, really good yeah. to work through that stuff for sure
1: Hey guys, I'm going to take a quick second to interrupt the podcast and remind you that Kindle now has a Patreon page. What does that mean? That means you can directly support this podcast. If you believe in it, if you believe in what we're doing here, you can support us with as low of a monthly pledge as $5 a month. So just think about that. That is just one Starbucks cascara, cold foam, cold brew latte that you would have to forego a month. And yes, those are actually $4.90. I know you're ordering them and not paying attention to how much they really cost, but they are (laughs) $5.00. But this is not about my favorite Starbucks drink right now. This is about how you can come alongside me and all the women across the world listening to Kindled, and you can actually help spread the hope of the gospel with them. Because what this show is all about is sharing truth and spreading the hope that the gospel has for us in regards to the topics of our work and our motherhood. It's all about grace. It's all about reminding people that you are not your work. Your hope is not in. In what you do, your hope is not in your business success or in the fact that you don't have to work or that you're an amazing mom or that you have the best parenting advice or whatever that's not what our hope is in. Yes, we talk about those things. And yes, we support each other and encourage each other and speak truth. And there are real tips and real things that you can do to to improve your business or your parenting, of course. But the ultimate point of every conversation that I have on this show is that that is not where our hope lies. Our hope is in Jesus alone. And I love the fact that we can talk about these issues and topics and always point back to the truth. That is my singular heartbeat for women and why I do this show. So if that's you, I would invite you to support Kindled on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash Kindled podcast. Thank you so much guys. Now back to the show. Yeah. What about you? What's one of your biggest failures?
0: Oh, biggest failure. Oh gosh. You said
1: creative failure, I think. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I know life failures and creative failures can be very different. (laughs) My biggest I write about this one in my book. I just think it's so funny. Okay. So my first real life job out of college was I was a receptionist at a post-production facility in Hollywood. So I went to college in New York, moved out to Hollywood. I worked at a post-production facility and they would let me use the editing equipment after hours. So I was teaching myself how to edit and (laughs) so embarrassing. The sound mixer came in and he's like, Hey, we need you to record a voiceover for this movie trailer that's due tomorrow. The actress's voice is out of sync with the picture. Can you come do it? And I was like so excited. I'm like, this is my moment. Like, I didn't even know I wanted a voiceover career. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so good. So I, <laughs> I walked in there. Turns out, number one, he only asked me because I was the only girl like left in the facility. So, <laughs> so he gave me the line. He's like, I think it was less than ten words. And then he's like, and you have to do it in a British accent. Oh. And you'll be fine. So then he walked in the other room, closed the door. And I was just like enclosed in this little voiceover booth. And I could see the, there were like two studio producers on the other side of the glass and I could see him and it's like action. And I could not, I'll try to say the line now. I'm not going to do it well. But the line was, would you light me a candle on my birthday?
1: Oh, Oh my gosh. (laughs)
0: And so I said it, but I said it like times a hundred, like it was so high energy. And he was like, Hmm, why don't you tone it down a bit? And he was like trying to coach me through for a solid hour. It oh, was so, so painful. Embarrassing. Yeah. And finally I was like, I, can't, I just, this, I can't do this. So I said, why don't we call my friend Erin? She came over and of course did it in one take and we all got to go home. But the coolest, the coolest lesson of that failure, it's still so embarrassing. I think I should work <laughs> on my British accent, but the <laughs> coolest lesson in that moment, years later, I was an editor and I was sitting the same spot he was, coaching other voiceover artists, like how to deliver the line. So I think a lot of times God redeems our failures and uses those mistakes that we've had. And they're not even mistakes, but uses those lessons to help influence our creativity in a different direction that we would have never seen coming. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Completely. So true. Yeah, man. I'm sure there's so many more for me and it could be really fun to remember all of those. Um, <laughs> but I do know like, and, and I I've brought this up on the show before, but like one of the biggest moments of clarity as I was reading your book and looking at that creativity killer of being perfectionistic, and where you talked about how it wasn't all about your titles. It wasn't all about what you were good at, but it was about how you could truly glorify God and not about the what, but about the who, because you talk Mm -hmm. a lot about this is about a person. Maybe you can talk about that actually before I say anything else, because I think that point is really, really important and key in even having the freedom to entertain some of these ideas, because some people listening are probably like, but I can't get beyond
0: failing. So can you talk about what that's like with the who versus the what? Yes. So focusing on who you're called to serve and whom you serve has really shifted me to take the pressure, like we were talking about earlier, like identity and where you find value to take the pressure off of the thing I'm actually doing, Mm -hmm. but who I'm serving for. So like my goal is to honor God with the things I make and the audience I serve is creatives. If I can keep that in focus rather than okay, I'm supposed to write a book. I'm supposed to, but I can't Mm. write 500 words a day. What am I going to do? Like just keeping your focus on the creator and then who you're creating for has really um, enabled me to create freely and kind of get rid of... (sighs) man's labels that people have put on me too. Like I love this one story. I was speaking at a film festival and we were talking about creativity killers, just as we are now. And this one guy was responding to the fact that he wanted to be an actor and his dad said, actors are a dime a dozen. And his dad was probably well-intentioned, but he took that and twisted the words and let that be his identity. And mm-hmm. wasn't feeling free to walk in the thing that God had called him to do because actors are a dime a dozen. So I think within that, it's being self-aware to who identifies you, like who mm-hmm. whose labels are you putting on you? Are you putting on the things that Christ? says about you? Or are you letting the world put labels on you? Or are you comparing yourself to the person that is achieving what you want to achieve, but they're just a a higher level of influence? So I think having that mindset that God is the one we're meant to glorify, what does He say about you? I often ask myself, okay, what does God think about what I'm doing right now? What Am I doing this well? And Honoring, and if the answer is yes, then awesome. If the answer is no, then repent and work through it, and become self-aware and ask Holy Spirit to like change you. You know, so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, that's really good. And I think it's become increasingly easy to compare, obviously, with the world at our fingertips all the time, seeing what exactly, like what you said, like who has more influence than you, and how are they doing it better than you are? And if you're not to that level by now, then you know, then why are you even doing this, or what are you doing? And and I think that. That's all just about us. That's not even about the other person. That's all about you and me and our success and our name and our fame. And it's so, it's all just in vain. Like (laughs) Solomon says, like it's literally going to vanish. Like, and that's something we don't talk a whole lot about, like even in Christian culture, that, you know, even the Christian influencers, those audiences, that's going to just disappear. That's not what it's about. Like, God is using them, the ones who have influence and have a platform, like they could be doing some great good for the kingdom. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Like, I I mean, we should be cheering them on to do that, but we shouldn't make ourselves you know, less than because we don't have a million followers or you know, a large email list or this many hits on our website or whatever I'm using today to compare myself and say, I'm less than or, yeah. you know, or whatever, just like that guy, like allowing those words of those are a dime a dozen to mean like you are a dime a dozen, you know, which yeah. Yeah. I'm sure no parent really wanted their kid to think that, but, right. uh, but we do do those things, you know, easily. And just yeah. kind of without meaning to kind of comparing to, uh, to other people.
0: Yeah. I think too, something you said triggered this thought, but I think too, it's realizing you're not called to influence millions, like you're called to influence one. So who, who's in your circle? Like who's that one person that you're interacting with right now? Like if you're at the grocery store, are you being open to hearing God, um, maybe use you in that situation that you're in, you know? So I think when we can be faithful with the every single day moment, you're equipping yourself to be ready for whatever God has to come. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think it's just the it's the day and age that we're in, that that's where our minds go. And, and as millennials and as people who have grown up with social media or grown up with cell phones, like it's never not been a part of our experience to be able to be looking at other people's lives in an intimate way, in a way that feels like you're really seeing their real life, which you're not. First of all, we know, you know, I mean, you're not mm-hmm. ever really seeing the full picture on Instagram or on Facebook, like you're seeing the highlight reel, obviously. Yeah. And we know that, but it can cause you, it can be a source of of really getting caught up in just kind of meaninglessness and mm-hmm. as much as i love the platform for connecting with people and f- and finding encouragement and inspiration it can be equally as much of a stumbling block yeah. if you really aren't careful with how your heart is when you're looking at it you know
0: yeah yeah god started c- convicting me like and i know this isn't for everybody but i'm in a season where i'm trying to put my phone like hide my phone i don't have enough self control so i have to hide it but hide it whenever i'm around people or like a group of people or like going to the grocery store. I try to, cause I want to notice people, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to be in line and I want to look at people in the eye and truly ask them how they're doing and actually care and not need to look down at my Instagram feed. So Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to be more present in the everyday moments. That's really good. I think uh,
1: we could all probably use more of that. And even you could probably speak to this, but I wanted to ask you about the, the creativity side of that, too, because I know for me as someone who is is a creator, I create content and I create websites and podcasts and whatever I'm creating. And when I'm looking too much at other people, it shuts down. That I mean, and I know you talk about that comparison. Um, it shuts down that creative process for me, and really stops me from being able to even know like what I would do. It kind of paralyzes mm-hmm. me almost, and so I have had to unfollow accounts, um, even creative accounts, even people that I look up to or would say they're doing a really good job with their business or yeah. I really like how they do X. I've uh-huh. had to unfollow them because every time I see their stuff, I'm like. Oh, not as good as them, not as mm. good as them, you know? And it's just like, yeah. that is like stay in your lane. I don't need to be that person. I shouldn't be those people. But what have you found for yourself in your creativity? And and there's that fine line of like, does it inspire you or does right. it bring you down? Because yeah, we can very easily fudge that line.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you're you're a great example of knowing when you're either feeling jealous or competitive or feels off that you're you unfollow. Like it seems like you have healthy boundaries in that. So I think that's a good example of what you're doing. I know for myself I'm super inspired. I cannot do Pinterest type things, but I'm inspired like searching on Pinterest and getting inspiration that way. I use that type of search engine to fuel my creative my creativity and then from there I am able to let my god-given voice shine through. The way it's supposed to rather than trying to recreate something I let it inspire me so but I think like you're saying if I have found myself in the position where I will be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Or like, oh man, that's the same exact stuff I want to post and like feeling that more competitiveness. And I think just like you said, it's just having those healthy boundaries and self-awareness and working through it because there will be a point where we can look at those people and start celebrating their wins and being like, yes, congratulations, and genuinely be excited for them. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a good place to be. So- Yeah. You know, with everything, it's just praying through it and um, working. Personal development, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And
1: I think maybe kind of dovetailing with that is something that you say in your book is you are created to create so that people will desire to connect with and reflect the ultimate creator. And bringing that back to, again, the who, it's not about the what, it's not about what you see, it's about the who. And as easy as it can be to compare the what, my what to someone else's what, not only do I not know if they're creating for the same person I am, which is, you know, God ultimately, and and for His glory, but I don't need to know where they're at or... Yeah. I don't need to worry about what their reasons or what their calling is. You know, I need to worry about myself and what he's called me to. And like you said, what does God think of what I'm doing right now? Whether that's like making lunch for my kids or or designing a website or recording a podcast or turning everything off to have a conversation with my husband, like without Media, you
0: know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean,
1: those are all things we've, we've got to do. That's part of our lives, but when you get so sucked into what you feel
0: like you should be doing, you can get off track so fast. It's true. Oftentimes, I'll be like, Oh, I need to make this thing right now, and I'll spend hours on it, and it doesn't go anywhere. And kind of like your Etsy shop, and it's like your second Etsy shop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, Why did I waste all that time? Because that was a man made. Like, I just thought I had to do it because everyone else was, but God didn't call me to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's really being attuned to what God specifically is calling you to and then mm-hmm. being obedient to walk that out.
1: Yeah. How can a woman that's listening who feels like she wants to do this, but is afraid or wants to be creative or step into something that she feels is a nudging, whether that is just painting picking up mm-hmm. like painting again or yeah. or singing in church or starting a business? How does someone get on this path of, or is it a path? Like how did, what's the first step? How do they even yeah. go there?
0: Yeah. So science has proven that over time um, as we age, our creativity decreases. So a lot of the times, similar to what you're saying, people have lost their passion for singing or painting and to refuel that, to re-spark that cre- creative nature in you, you just, all you have to do is just do it. Mm. Super simple, right? Just be intentional to do it every single day, even if it's for like 30 seconds, do something creative. And then over time, you'll find yourself that it gets easier in the process. And two, it's asking yourself, why did I stop doing this thing in the first place? Like Mm -hmm. what is holding me back from doing it? Is it because somebody spoke harmful words over you? Is it because somebody said you were horrible at it? Is it because you felt like you were horrible at it? So it's kind of pinpointing the thing that made you stop pushing through it and actually doing it and realizing one, it can be really fun to create. You don't have to be an expert. Just do it for mm-hmm. fun. And if you're finding that you're excelling in it and people are drawn to what you're creating, then maybe look to avenues of selling whatever you're creating or you know, going next level in it as a more professional, mm-hmm. professional tool. So yeah, I love But my that. book, I wanna mention this, shameless plug, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. My book has 31 creative challenges throughout it. So it has foundational teachings and things as well. But the part I like, one of the parts I like the best is that it's actually activating your creativity throughout the whole book so there's like drawing challenges and writing challenges all, a whole bunch of different stuff yeah that's awesome i i saw some
1: of those and i was like i kind
0: of want to do this like
1: especially the ones i knew i'd be good at which is a bad sign because i'm like oh yeah i can do that <laughs>
0: yeah, i'll do the good stuff well let me ask you this i want to challenge you to do something
1: okay what is it
0: <laughs> i love that this is my favorite part of life okay <laughs> oh, great um, <laughs> Do you want to do a freestyle rap? Okay.
1: I wish... Where's the wine? Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were because I think you... Po- I saw that you posted about introversion the other day. Yes. So... Okay. This is going to be hard for you, but you're going to be so good because okay. it's going to be freeing and <laughs> it'll be fun. And your community is going to love this so much.
1: Okay. Oh, good.
0: So tell me, what is like the topic on your heart lately that you're like super passionate about? It can be literally anything.
1: Oh man. Um, I mean, th- is this too generic just to, that it would be like women starting the business that they want to start women doing business, women working, yeah, that's doing great. their passion.
0: Okay. So you're in front of an audience of women who you want to inspire to do their passion and you're going to freestyle rap about that subject for like, give or take 20 seconds. Just don't stop. That's the only rule. Just put whatever comes to your mind. Just let it flow. Okay. Am
1: I starting right now?
0: Action. Oh God. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Women, you got skills, got to get them out in the open, got to share them with the world, got to live them in front of the Lord, got to work with your passions, got to share that with the Instagram. You can do, oh, freaking A. <laughs> Painters got to paint, makers got to make, mama's got to sew, babies go to bed, take your nap, get your laptop, get your microphone. Arm yourself with your creativity. Share that with the world. When am I done? Oh my gosh, that's this good. Is that was awesome. Oh Lord, please help.
0: Uh, that was amazing. Oh so how? Ta- let's talk through that process. I'm how sweating. Did you feel? I'm sweating. How, right were now? you sweating? I am sweating. You, did you feel you felt uncomfortable? I felt no?
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. I'm. Because I'm no rapper.
0: We're... <laughs> Well, you did awesome. You kept going.
1: That's interesting. But
0: did you feel, were you nervous? Because you were like, what are people going to say? I'm like, what am I going to say? I'm not good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What am I going to say next? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You did fantastic. Oh man
1: goodness well i'm looking at my kid like right now walking around her crib not sleeping at all
0: so i know (laughs) Um, i love that you're influenced by the world around you within that song the world of
1: two (laughs) well actually the four-year-old who's asleep and the two-year-old who's walking around the crib pretending like she is you know playing house with all of her animals so
0: (laughs) so cute my kids do that and they're six and five they're not in a crib but they play house with all their stuffed animals oh
1: man where's the i need to cool down now i'm just gonna be (laughs) i'll
0: fan you off you'll be fine (laughs) You did really good. Oh, A man. lot of people stop after five. So okay, here's the thing. I didn't tell you this, but every podcast that I've been on being interviewed for my book, I kind of see if they'll do the freestyle rap. And you did fantastic. A lot of people get so nervous, they like will tap out after like three seconds. So okay, I'm proud of you. You pushed through, you did it, even though you felt uncomfortable and you didn't know what was gonna come next. But yeah. that's what our creative process is, isn't it? Like just yeah keeping pushing through and seeing what yeah. magic happens yeah
1: and as like trivial as it may seem like in the middle when i didn't have any other ideas like i feel like i'm done okay re like reset restart you know try something yeah. else go a different direction if you're yeah. not feeling it and that's kind of like creativity because we often yeah. get in a rut and we're like okay i think i'm done i guess i'm not creative anymore but yeah that's not always the case you know actually it's never the case but you know what i'm saying yeah Oh gosh well thanks. I think um, you are absolutely the first person to ever make me freestyle rap and probably Woohoo! the last. So I mean congratulations I forget about
0: it. I'm. <laughs> I
1: love it. So you're obviously an extrovert then. No. Oh you're not. okay no. I oh.
0: get fueled in By my London. silence. okay yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: you must have a lot of silence because you're you have so much energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no well I um, so like when I do speaking, engagements, I have to like really, uh, psych my mind up to mm-hmm. be, cause of course I want to value every single person that God's entrusting me with. So mm-hmm. I have to like really pump myself up. And then I need mm-hmm. to take a nap.
1: <laughs> yes, oh, me too. And I'm like energized by by people in that context, in a, in a room yeah. full of people. Like, and I used to teach Etsy classes and I would just get so amped up and it would be, they were actually evening classes and they ended around nine. And I would come home and just be like, it was like I had drank like three cups of coffee. I was just like, ah, like I was so energized yeah. and it took me a while and a couple glasses of wine to be calm enough to go to sleep. <laughs> like I just was so, <laughs> my husband would be like, okay, calm down. And I was like, I could never have been a teacher in school because I would be so intense all day that I'd just be like completely depleted by the end of the day. Like I have no ability yeah. to like pace myself, um, <laughs> at all, which is why I was also a sprinter in high school and not a long distance runner. Cause I'm just like all or
0: nothing. I'm going right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's funny how that stuff carries over even into your personality and like I mean, I've only learned that in the last few years that like, okay, I don't know how to just keep it at a regular pace. Like I don't know yeah. how to do that.
0: Yeah. I I like how you worded that. Cause I think I'm similar in the fact that if I have a dream or like if God lays a dream on my heart, I'm like, all right, well I have to do it within the next five minutes. Yeah. And like, let's make this happen. Yeah, exactly. Whereas my husband is the opposite. So he's like, why don't we slow it? Let's talk it out. Uh-huh. Let's, let's make a plan. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what normal people do? Because I like just getting it done.
1: Yes, me too. Oh man, we would be dangerous. Like like, That's how I am with house projects. I'm like, oh, I saw this picture on Pinterest of these people who stripped their hand railing and restained it with a gel stain. And so we need to do that right now. And he's like, (laughs) what what are we no we're not doing that right now I'm like yeah I need to do this is this is disgusting I hate it we gotta we gotta change this I hate it and he's just like and so he was at the store actually when I had this inspiration this is like obviously real life and um I was like you got to get this java gel stain someone told me it was the color to get he was like okay are you really are you really doing this? And so I get those urges and I'm like, yeah, we're going yeah. for it. But but then I also can wear myself out. And so with that particular yeah. project, I had way too much going on at the time and I really wasn't able to do it. And so by the time he got home, I was like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I still have the gel have not done he buy anything. It? Oh, he bought yeah. it. Oh, but weird. I didn't do anything yet. So
0: yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same way. I get super inspired and it has to happen now. Yeah. And then like if my husband went to the store and didn't get it and came back, I would have been like, I'm fine. It's fine. Like, yeah. So it's funny how, yeah, Yeah. it's
1: (laughs) your brain's just like, and and you know that about yourself. And I think it's okay to know that, when that inspiration does strike, that's the time to to often to do it, and not, not not like to kill yourself over it. But yeah, just like you said, like you get those like late night surges of creativity. And I I used to do the exact same thing. I don't. I try not to stay up that late anymore. But especially before kids, I would like pre- pretty much just wait till midnight, and that's when I would start doing good work. I don't yeah. know why. It's like the procrastination thing. It doesn't feel healthy, but that was like. Like I know that my, my best idea is going to happen when I'm so tired and it's like 1am and I've got to just wait for that. You know? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Um, so one of the things that back to what you said a few minutes ago, you just got to start you said mm-hmm. for the, for the woman who's hearing this, like, man, I really want to do what you're saying. What's the first step? Do I have to go buy something? Do I have to go read something? And and yes, they should read your book because it is awesome. And I haven't read all of it, but I've looked through a lot of it and read some of it and was already inspired just from, from browsing. But thank you. One of the things that I like about that is goes along with something else that I, that's really powerful for me and the saying that clarity comes after action. Yeah. Which I think is so true for me and probably most people, if not everybody, that we expect that we should have clarity before we do something, but often we have to start to actually get clarity on any of it. Yeah. This may be why kids don't figure out what they want to do for a career until they're after already in college, you know, already on one degree path and then they get into a class and they're like, Oh, actually I hate this and I'm not gonna do that career anymore. And I'm gonna switch over to this. You know, it's like clarity comes after action. Sometimes you, yeah. you actually have to start before getting that clarity.
0: Yeah. I think that's so true. I mean, I've seen that a lot in my my husband's like Mr. Fix-It and we had a leak in our basement and he spent five hours just down there fixing stuff. And then he realized, oh my gosh, I could have done it so much faster, mm-hmm. a different way, but he would have never known if he didn't get started mm-hmm. in that whole process. So now... Hopefully we don't have any more leaks, but if he has to do it again, he knows the faster way. So, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You do have to get started, get started and get out of your head and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Don't suck the joy out of creating because you're glorifying God because God is the ultimate creator, right? So when Mm -hmm. we're in the midst of our creative process, we're glorifying him and honoring him in that. So. Mm -hmm. Oh well,
1: that's. I think that's a perfect place to to end this, and and really just thank you for speaking the truth to people about their creativity and about who it's all about. And that takes the spotlight off of us. It takes the pressure off of us, and it it just frees us to really live. Into who we are already and who God is calling us to be. So I appreciate everything you're doing and I'm glad we got to hang out. Me too. And I'm proud of you and your freestyle rapping. Oh man, I'm gonna have to listen back to this. (laughs) It's gonna be,
0: oh wow, that's gonna be interesting. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be great. And don't like secretly record another freestyle rap and like insert it. <laughs> okay. have background beats. How did life. you know?
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay. I, right. well, you know what I said. So you'll see when this comes out, if I actually hold to it, I will but <laughs> yeah, you will.
0: Thanks for having me yeah, on. It's thank you. Great. And people can find you where, where do they connect and oh. where, when, when does your um, book come out again? It come. Yeah. Thanks. My book comes out October 2nd, but it's already pre you can pre-order, which totally helps the author mm-hmm. and it tells retailers that the book is in high demand. So you can get it online, Target, Walmart, Christian books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the places, or you can look at JennyRandall.com Um, Randall is spelled like candle, R-A-N-D-L-E. And then um, there's info there and you can catch me on Instagram, all that good stuff.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, and best of luck with this book launch and I am absolutely going to be buying it. So thank you. Yay.
0: Thank you. (laughs) All right. Have a great day. Thanks.
1: All right, guys. Well, that's all we have today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jenny Randall. And I hope you're going to go check out her book, Courageous Creative. It is available for pre-order now. If you want to join us on Facebook, guys, just go to the website, kindledpodcast.com and click the green button that says join our community. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you next week.